थ्री टू वन हेलो हर्ष हाई हिमांशु हाउ आर यू ऑल गुड हाउ आर यू आई एम गुड थैंक यू फॉर कमिंग यू आर इन दिस लिस्ट ऑन द डे वन आई रिमेंबर आई थॉट ऑफ हैविंग दिस पॉडकास्ट बिकॉज आई आई रियलाइज आई वॉज नॉट टॉकिंग टू यू फोक्स दैट मच दैट आई वॉज बींग इन कॉलेज यू नो आवर लॉन्ग कॉन्वर्सेशंस एंड the flow ha huh. so i thought this is an excuse um people usually don't deny <laughs> these uh, these kind of uh, activities uh, in quotes hmm. ha so welcome i was thinking if we can tell people how we met and how i got to know you okay uh, definitely yeah um i so we are from the same college uh but we are not from the same batch um you started college in 2012 2012 and i joined two years later um yeah. and when i i remember uh it was may 2014 and um i had given my exam j um and then some rank and realized i'm going to join kharagpur mathematics and computing and then i have my brother who is older and is in same year and same age as you so yeah he he told me that there's this friend of mine uh in kharagpur uh maybe you should maybe you should talk to him and and i realize sure give me give me his number and i called you being the 18 or 17 year old boy i remember asking about internet speed and food and professors and um and that was our first conversation um yeah from 2014 i think 6 years ago yeah and then when i joined uh, i started like hanging out with you and i realized you are someone who i want to be like 2 years down the line Uh, with, okay. reg- with regards to community aspects like how you interacted with people how you realized kgp has lot to give um and what you were doing like you were uh, very good in programming you were good in open source you were already doing google summer of code with my brother that's that's how you you to know each other yeah and you were in my you, you were in my department so you had experienced things that i was about to experience more or less um so yeah you were the you're my first senior or first contact um but now i'm glad 6 years down the line <laughs> we still we still talk uh we still talk so much yeah how how do you remember yeah I, so i remember it from that particular call uh so you it, i think it was after the exam and after the rank came and you were confused what I just generally wanted to know what branch to take, mm. and this math. So our department is mathematics and computing. It's not a very. It's not a course which is available at a lot of universities. So people are generally confused about it. Is it mm. a good course? Like, what does it entertain? How how does the prospects look like, and all those things. And even like I had a lot of trouble deciding on this course. Unfortunately, I had someone I could talk to and know know about it. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I was happy to like. Have a conversation. Though I don't remember anything else from that conversation. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> you had like dozens of dozens of them that week because uh, new folks are coming and calling people. 
yeah i mean these conversations happen pretty much every year so yesterday also i talked to two people from the coaching i was i studied in <laughs> and and the parent of that student also talked to me yeah. and they don't have a lot of question but they like they just want an assurance that okay okay is this something <laughs> good <laughs> and you feel very uncomfortable giving that because yeah like you, you cannot guarantee anything hmm. uh, you can only tell from your experience okay okay this is what i so i that's what i told them i've done this course this good you can like you no need to worry hmm. but you also don't want them to stop thinking from their <laughs> their side and like Yeah. Just, just your word, mm. right? Yeah. Ah, yeah. so that's a very though they don't have any other choice either. Mm. Like, like I don't know what to do about it. So I just tell them the things things I know. Yeah. So I remember, I remember that we had that conversation, mm. and then you came in, and uh, you were a very like sweet and enthusiastic person. Like mm. you wanted to. learn and you knew some programming already mm. and we talked about the things i've been doing mm. we talked about like i i don't know what but like how yeah, we used to hang out and like you mm. should come to me i think i also took you to some club meetings yes i think that year itself your first year yeah right that was kharagpur linux users group club yeah 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 so and we used to talk like generally a lot about open source and like mm. in your first year also you completed your you participated in google summer of code which was a like pretty big deal because students generally are not don't participate in google summer of code in their first year at the end of their first year of college yeah it, it's a stressful uh, experience <laughs> uh-huh. yeah no it's like you you really don't have that kind of skill mm. to be able to participate in that program Yeah. Ah, uh, you were like pretty fast and absorbing all the knowledge and like everything and just learning really fast and doing things. Yeah, and reaching out fearlessly. So I used uh-huh. to reach out to you and like almost cry with my problems. Um, I remember that. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't remember ever like remembering that you cried or whatever. But I almost <laughs> cried when I used to go go to you. <laughs> like I, my mouse pad is not working or the, the git is complaining to me uh in these situations yeah okay. so that's like an amazing quality this is something i want to talk about also that being fearless about asking for help hmm so a lot of people are really skilled but when they want to like do something new or like they are they are venturing out there they are very very reluctant about like reaching out to people and like hmm. asking for asking for the help there are like lot of reasons people do that hmm. um, sometimes it's like just they feel people will look down upon them hmm that people will realize ki okay that person is not i am people will realize ki you don't know this and like they feel ashamed sort yeah sometimes they also feel ki okay you are uh i am wasting their time mm. and they have like better things to do so i sh- like maybe i should not do that and i should try mm. to figure out everything by myself mm. people are 
ready to help and they want you to like there is a fine line between like you hogging up on their time mm-hmm. uh usually people don't cross that okay there are some people who do but even that's okay mm. uh, so it's okay to cross that boundary and then realize okay you have crossed the boundary instead of like being on the other side and not like asking for any help at all mm. and having the right guidance accelerate things tremendously mm. uh, same thing you like you will take years to figure out and someone can tell you like in an instant mm. so that and that's not just in college like even uh, in professional i see that a lot and mm. i wish that people will be more fear, fearless in like asking questions resolving their doubt and like generally not caring so much that people are judging them because mm. they do <laughs> yeah. yeah so that was refreshing generally like first years don't have that kind of self confidence and mm, <laughs> i don't know yeah audacity <laughs> audacity <laughs> yeah to reach out to their seniors and know about yeah. it yeah some yeah. some have some have a little bit too much um i remember yeah. uh some some folks who like just do it too much but they're very rare um um those are like politically interested those people generally turn out to be hall president and um secretaries and i feel doing it too much is better than not doing it at all yeah yeah so uh hmm this comes from taleb you know okay mm, mm. so you are doing something hmm and there's absolutely zero this almost zero chance that you will do it perfectly ठीक है सो यू एरर यू एरर ऑन लाइक सम साइड ठीक है सो द पॉजिटिव साइड और मतलब देयर आर मल्टीपल डायमेंशंस यू कैन एरर इन बट इन दिस पर्टिकुलर केस यू कैन एरर ऑन द साइड ऑफ बीइंग लाइक टू रिजर्व्ड और बीइंग लाइक ऑन द एरर ऑफ साइड ऑफ बीइंग लाइक टू एक्सट्रोवर्टेड एंड लाइक टू एंथ्यूजियास्टिक राइट सो you will definitely error on either one of them hmm. like especially when you have not done it before theek hai so you so instead of like trying to be perfect you have to figure out which on which side is better to error on yeah yeah uh and generally that is the side you should choose is the one you can correct like the mistake the mistake you should choose is the mistake you can correct so <laughs> yeah yeah uh so if you are choosing to error on the side of being too reserved yeah you have zero feedback yeah theek hai what happens is like you are too reserved then you didn't mm. ask out mm. and then you didn't know if that person would have helped or not you don't know if that person would have judged or not and it's not that people don't judge at all they do mm. it's not that everyone helps uh, some people don't mm. theek hai but unless you ask you don't find out so mm. if you error to error too much on that side you never recover yeah theek hai yeah but if you error on the other side uh the environment tells you okay like bro it's you, mm. you have gone too far <laughs> like time to back up yes yeah um that's you raised like two very good points um and those are very different the one is uh, people why people don't ask uh, for help one is that they are they are afraid they will 
disturb or they will occupy uh, the other person's time or second is they they feel ashamed uh to ask or they don't have that audacity but um i mean it starts from i think it starts from when we are in high school uh, around that time when our like syllabus or <laughs> maybe even even before then but i remember it like in my coaching days um we used to solve so many problems for the exam um and then it was it was quite possible that we didn't know the solution to a few of them uh, in our daily exercise and the next day when the teacher used to ask um uh, who, who kis kisne like ye problem kiya uh, who are all people and we used to raise hands uh, just because we didn't want to ask we didn't want to be like singled out uh, or the teacher would say ki kis who has issues and then it was very hard to raise hand uh, we were i was like i was afraid i would be the only one and then i remember there were only like two to three people out of 200 who used to do do this every day without being ashamed uh and and the teacher knew that that it's not two or three it's it's definitely like 50 or 100 because that teacher has worked with that question for 15 years with i don't know how many thousands of students the teacher knows exactly which type of people i will not be able to solve them um they they can easily guess uh who who will be able to solve it but i remember um the teacher said uh that he 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 won't um he won't simplify this for us he said i know it's 50 of you i know if and if none of you raise hands i will not give you the solution because i don't want to simplify this for you this is going to get harder and harder uh when you get going to college when you graduate it's it it will remain there and i remember this because in in coaching i i did not used to do it but when i got into college i realized now nah, i can't keep doing this so i used to reach out to you i remember reaching out to like your entire batch which was kind of strange because some people didn't like <laughs> um answering to a like a stranger like a true st- stranger but i had that um you know you gave me that confidence to hey just ask um and if they do, if they don't want to answer they they won't answer but but that's the same thing as you said mistake that that's a mistake that i can uh, work upon <laughs> to yeah. identify identify which people i should ask um yeah and I, what i mean even when we get into a job or you know get into a senior senior position in a company and as a leader um it happens it, it continues yes yeah so it's it's not a absolute thing that you should always ask but when in doubt ask mm like <laughs> yeah when uh, after sometime after doing it like maybe 100 times you'll realize that there are like three maybe where you should not have but you're <laughs> telling only after doing it 100 times yeah so yeah i search uh what are you uh working on these days and where are you and where is your official workplace which yeah oh, so, I, so i'm in delhi right now mm. with my parents Hmm. Uh, my company is based on Pune, but it will be work from home for 
I don't know till when. Okay, <laughs> at least till January. Mm. But most probably it will extend. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Ah. Work wise. And how long? How long have you been working in Pune or living in Pune? So this company I'm working with, Helpship. I've been mm. working here for like last two years. Mm. So we are a CRM company. Mm. We make software for customer support. Mm. Uh, I am in the automation team. Mm. So we build this platform where customer, so brands mm. can like build chatbots to help automate their customer support. Yeah. Uh, what our company has done a very has. Our company has done a smart job here, and like they have realized that automating things perfectly doesn't work. So mm. we focus a lot on making sure that we can automate the things which are repetitive for the human agent, mm. so that they can only focus on um, jobs which require human attention. Mm. So, for example, like if you want to return an order, mm. so usually it does not require a human to intervene. Mm. So you can like put a bot there, and it will ask you your order ID, give you automatically give you the order information, then give a button mm. that okay, do you want to have this thing returned, and then it can fire an API which will schedule the return. Mm. And for this, you don't need any like human agent. Mm. But after that thing, if you say okay, now I want to talk to someone, so mm. that person will have all this information which you fed into the system already. So mm. the, you won't have to. the person can see your conversation with the bot mm. and see you have already entered the order id this is the order you are like having trouble with mm. uh that resolves that removes effort on that person's behalf and also like on your behalf mm. so mm, i'm in this team which makes the chatbot so there are like a lot of day to day work which comes in like mm. yeah nothing uh yeah i i remember yeah. in in my previous company uh in mercari mm-hmm. i was in a team where we used to create uh the software which the customer support team used to use okay. so there were 50 people who used the admin tool um mm-hmm. to do these things like return order make sure there are no spam users fraud detection blah 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 yeah um but yeah i realized that um help shift is like a very noble idea and kind of a necessity to scale uh scale yes. a company a customer support i yeah it's a i think i am i i feel like quite uh, excited about help shift i think microsoft is 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 a is a uh, user is yeah. this a public information yes yeah, so microsoft is a huge company so they don't like mm. and lot of their department work quite independently of others <laughs> so microsoft yeah uh few of the microsoft services users help shift mm. so one of them is microsoft outlook mm. and i think there are few others mm. yeah uh <laughs> this is funny like you might have seen that org chart uh i'll share it with you like you don't have to put that in mm mm Cool. In the recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Org chart. Uh,
I'll send you send it to you in chat. Yeah. Bonkers world dot organization chats. You see the monitor. Trying to kill people. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, le- let's do. Um, so, what does the blog post say? Yeah, so uh, I'll tell you how I started. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I've been physically active from from what how how long I remember. Okay. Uh, we we used to play sports in school a lot. We hmm. uh, I used to play basketball sometimes. Like I never I was never so good that I'll compete. Hmm. Okay. But I'll still I used still used to play with my friends. Hmm. So some in primary school we used to play a lot of cricket. Then sec- like secondary it was basketball, football, volleyball sometimes. Hmm. Uh, never cricket by the way. Uh, and <laughs> me and my friend used to go running, hmm. and we used to like run like uh, we had a stadium complex near our house, so we would run four five rounds of that, and one round would be five hundred meters. Uh, Mm. 400 to 500 so i've been pretty physically active generally mm. and in college also i used to go running sometimes yeah though i never used to play sports mm. uh after that i had a small rule that like you have to do 10 pushups every day before before you open internet mm. okay so what i do is i turn off internet on my, on my phone before i go to sleep Mm. And in morning you can like turn it on only if you have done at least ten push-ups to unlock the yeah connectivity. Uh, so, so the idea behind it is, uh, I mean, 
Ah, so, ten pu- so you can replace 10 push-ups with something else. Yeah. The, the, the idea is 10 push-ups takes hardly a minute. Okay. Hmm. And uh, there is no reasonable excuse hmm. not to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and it's okay to just stop at 10 push-ups. In the yeah. yeah. Okay. So it, it's like 10, um, it's like brushing your teeth. Hmm. Okay, so think of it like brushing your teeth. But what it, that does is, it's like, keeps you in the routine of doing some physical activity. Some. Hmm. Hmm. And, and some days you can extend it to like an hour long workout session. Hmm. Some days you don't have to. Okay. But it keeps you in that loop. Okay, uh, it keeps you reminding okay that workout is a priority. Mm. Uh, so that I used to do, and like a lot of days I would just do those ten push-ups and not do anything else. Mm. Uh, sometimes I used to do this ten-minute workout apps. There are like a lot of them on internet. I used to use a particular one, ten-minute mm. HIIT workout. Mm. Um, yeah, so that was till like last year. To God, I guess. Hmm. So I would do some some or other workout. Uh, but it was all very unstructured. Hmm. I did not know what... Yeah. I was strong enough to do push-up squats and like basic things. But there was no progression and no improvement. And it was just there. Hmm. So then at that point, I decided to join gym. Hmm. This is one year ago? Yeah, this is all yeah, a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that and I had tried gym before as well mm. and I absolutely hated it <laughs> because, <laughs> because it was so boring yeah and like it it felt like what are you doing you're just like mindlessly moving yeah. your arm from one point to another uh, <laughs> 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 yeah yeah, so I like I did not stick to it for like I did for a month and a half or so and <laughs> did not really stick around that. Mm-hmm. Now what changed this time was I decided to follow a structured program. Hmm. And I decided to like ha it was Talib's blog post. Yeah, so Talib had a blog post about strength training. Hmm. So that led me to this guy called hmm, Mark Ripito and mm. I figured this uh, I came across this book called Starting Strength and it turned out this book is extremely popular mm. uh, few of my colleagues and seniors have also been following the program mm. so what's different about Starting Strength is it's like extremely simple that it uses only six exercises mm. and it does you do it three times a week uh, which the advantage is that you don't have to go to gym every day, mm. so it's like the time of workout is less. Mm. Also, they use only barbell, full, mm, full body exercises with barbell. Mm. So you don't then use any machines. Mm. Uh, so when you read the book, you realize that like machines, it feels like machines are an improvement over barbell. 
No. But they are actually a regression. <laughs> yes. They are a bug, not a feature. Yes. So. It's it's like a shiny it's like a shiny thing, but once you get past that uh, shine, you realize that it's just the weights that matter. Yeah. So you don't need that. Uh, you don't even need that machine to start, and like they are even. People feel machines are safer. They are not. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Ah, so in starting strength, you do squats, bench press, mm. deadlift, overhead press, and cleans. Mm. So I did not do clean because I did not like know it very well. But mm. yeah, so I did these four ex- exercises. Mm. Uh, and then you are lifting weight by. So this book explains everything like. Why you are doing certain exercises? How mm. how how does the body mechanism work? How muscles work? How bone work? And it goes in like lot of detail. Mm. Um, and you should abs- someone who is starting with gym should absolutely read that. Mm. Uh, some things to point out is that when you are doing doing free weight barbell exercises, it's mm. not boring because you have to spend like lot of you have to concentrate a lot. to make sure you are doing it right so like your all the muscles need to go in a particular order in a particular motion mm. and you don't have the machine to support you mm. so it's you who is lifting the weight and like you have to keep the balance you have to like keep sure that weight does not fall off yeah uh and all those things so that uh, it's like nothing but boring like you yeah. have to Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's it takes a damn lot of concentration. Yeah. So first that change change things. Second yeah. it gives a very like clear way of progressing. Mm. So you start with absolutely zero weight, like empty bar and then you like keep add keep adding weight every week. Mm. And you are actually able to do that. Mm. So in few weeks like weight which was unthinkable you can lift it. Mm. So in like few weeks you will be able to squat with 40 kg mm. which was like what the which feels like horrendous if you when you are just starting up mm. but you are able to do that and it gives you an amazing kick mm. that uh you are able to lift weight which was unthinkable mm. few weeks ago yeah uh and starting strength so Huh. What uh, the program is there are only three four exercises. Mm. You do them only five repetitions. Okay. Mm. You don't do them ten or twelve. Five is enough. Mm. And you try to like, but you try to keep the weight more, and mm. you focus a lot on form, mm. and then you rest between the sets. You rest as much as you want. Mm. So the actual time you are spending with the weight is like maybe twenty minutes out of an hour. Mm. Uh, rest is warm up. Uh, Resting and setting mm. up again, again, again. So it's it's not boring. You have a clear path to progression, mm. and like you get pretty strong pretty fast. Mm. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So uh, from so market video is some someone like you should definitely you know. Now while re- doing. the exercises and being spending some time i i think like till the lockdown i was doing gym regularly from november mm. october november 
so uh, when you open up a like youtube video mm. and say like you are seeing a video about push ups mm. so how matlab what kind of things do they tell you how many things do they tell you in a in a video about push ups ha mm. or like any or maybe like what is the last exercise video you have watched yeah <laughs> um so let's say uh I, there is a channel called athlenex um jeff cavalier that i follow um so that guy like tries to stress out on um the doing it right rather than doing it more or being a hero with it so he says yeah. uh make sh- make don't count your reps make your reps count um yeah. so yeah posture like breathing um you know mindfulness basically so w- what should your hands be doing when you are doing this with your legs and okay like yeah like the details like but i know that's like athlenex is very rare and sometimes it gets boring because he starts going scientific like this joint and you are actually hurting this joint and <laughs> um but 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 that doesn't that, that's not the average of the uh, push up videos or uh okay. yeah so you can you can just go on um that much okay so when you are starting out is very different from when you are like have some experience uh but generally mm. the most important thing is you should you should, you should be able to do exercise consistently and you should not injure yourself mm right because mm. if you end up injuring yourself you are done i i think mm. i lost you for a day yeah half a minute or so uh-huh. okay ha okay anyway, so i was saying that most important thing is when you are doing some exercise you should be able to do it mm uh exercise you cannot do is yeah you cannot do it mm. second thing is like you should not injure yourself mm um so when like someone is tell, giving a exercise video like a form video they are like that maybe usually 10 5 points they tell okay these are the things you should be careful about etc etc so some of them mm. are to prevent injury uh some of them are to make the exercise more effective and some mm. are general like preference or target like or to target specific muscles or tar- like achieve specific results right mm. so for, um first is like they should tell why are they like asking you to do a certain exercise certain way hmm and the most important part is to like know what not to do hmm and like how not to get injured uh so hmm. if if you like google a squat video there like 10 types there might be 10 types of squat you can do <laughs> it might be front squat back squat like hmm. uh where you place your weight on the back so like it's uh so there's low bar squat high bar squat mm. and i don't know how, like a lot of kind of squats mm. in squat the way you, to not get injured is to push put the like um uh, safety bars at the right place mm. okay uh and most of the things other things don't end up mattering that much mm. so yeah. some people will say your knee should not cross the toe 
or uh, I don't know like there, there are a yeah. lot of other things people say yeah most other things don't end up matter mm. what ends up mattering most is that you don't you do it and you don't injure yourself mm. and yeah. if the person like giving that instruction is not telling you what uh, is this to prevent injury or is it for something else mm. then pre- they probably don't know their thing <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah uh so um, yeah i agree which, um yes uh this this person at at linux um uh, he 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 also so he has this videos like don't do these five exercises um yeah he says that yeah if you're doing chest flies it's perfectly fine they will build your chest but here are the five things why they 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 can be more risky why they are more risky uh what what joints can you injure with this and and uh what why is there high risk in this exercise and why is there low risk in this exercise so he does this very very often he would yeah. suggest the exercise with low risk um rather than uh you know fancy fancy things <laughs> uh, he focuses yeah. on that yeah so that's the most important part first yeah. to like know how not to injure yourself second is like to do uh, to do things more effectively mm-hmm. so uh so mark repito suggest chin ups over pull ups because chin ups are easier mm-hmm. okay why is it easier because more muscles are involved mm-hmm. but, but you can use more muscles while you are doing chin up instead of pull up mm-hmm. so that means while doing the chin up you are build, like building more muscles mm. okay so you can like deadlift more weight than you can um do first squat and overhead press mm-hmm. so deadlift is it's a easier exercise mm. it's a easy exercise because you can use more muscles that means it gives you more opportunity to train more muscles at the same time mm. uh so i mean so deadlift is usually a more effective exercise than lot of other things mm. you, people can deadlift 150 kg easily but like there pretty much nothing you can uh yeah, yeah lift I, 150 kg i agree yeah ha uh, but this was just an example so like how you change your form etc like might makes some exercise more effective than other mm. and then the third thing is comfort so some mm. exercises are more easier to come like easier or more comfortable mm. or like ta- sometimes you might want to target some specific muscles mm. though I, i personally feel that's useless mm. uh, there's no reason you want to target a specific muscle than a, like other muscles generally you want to be strong generally yeah um so these are the orders in which you should be like mm. yeah. you should look at a video so if you wa- watch mark repito videos Hmm. Very well. He will tell you the physiology, how muscles work and how anatomy works, etc. Hmm. He'll explain hmm. things you through that. Or hmm. uh, he'll tell you in experience. We have found that doing this makes things better for the for the clients. Hmm. Yeah. But if you go to so there's this guy called Jeff Nippard. <laughs> uh, Jeff Nippard. <laughs> I don't know. There's a funny sound. <laughs> Nepal. Yeah. Okay. So, uh if you watch his videos, 
he will tell that okay so this research has claimed that this this particular way of doing bench press is better than this particular way of doing bench press yeah. why he has to say that because like he do not he probably do not have the experience to Personal mm. training experience and like pre teaching experience to tell that this is a better way. Yeah. So I I feel that's a red flag. Yeah. When you have to uh, steal authority from some anonymous scientific science yeah. things. Yeah. No, I agree. I I definitely agree. It's uh, people who have like seen results in. uh maybe hundreds of people and they have programs i i would listen more to them um yeah um yeah yeah i i remember you 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 say uh some time ago about doing 10 pushups uh before switching on the internet hmm uh that i i could i was very curious uh about that um okay so i i guess years ago i read this uh article somewhere um which and the title of the article was why having a slow morning is is effective okay so effective um ha huh. this is this is something i do actually i read the title i read the blog post and then i only remember the title because sometimes the title conveys the team so well for example mm-hmm. living asynchronously now anyone who reads living asynchronously can think and and understand what what it means it doesn't need reading a whole blog post yeah so uh, i think to understand a slow morning it's easier if we if we uh, look at what fa- fast mornings are <laughs> so yeah, if you remember college like for me it was always if there is an 8 am 8 am class oh yeah i know uh, i would wake up at 7:30ish uh do some chores in 10 minutes cycle for 10 minutes and maybe have breakfast in 10 minutes i mean it was very uh, short period of time that i used to give uh, to start my day and that that used to and i would go from 8 to 10 in the class and then i would do some other stuff and at the end of the day i realized my morning was very fast yeah um but if you if you kind of like reverse your clock not reverse like if you move the starting point of your day a an hour back let's say if you you woke up at 6:30 hmm. and you did let's say in college um you woke up you went out of the door you just stared at a tree for maybe 1 minute <laughs> you know while your eye opens up you took your brush you brushed for you, as, as a boring duty for 2 minutes and you do all these mundane things um you would let's say go to mess um in the morning and do some no- normal things and then come back you know not open internet or like the input output like dial it down a bit don't talk to bunch of people and don't read newspapers and you know check out what happened last night that's that's a example of slow morning here uh, as of now um 
for me, slow mornings are, I, I'll wake up, um, I will stretch. So when you, when you say you, you do push-ups, 10 push-ups before opening the internet, um, what I do is I usually go out in the hall uh, and then I just stretch like all the different body parts that I know. And th that's something I thank um, NSO Health and Fitness too. <laughs> if you remember in college, I uh, they, they used to be NCC, NSS, and yes. NSO Health and Fitness. So, NSO Health and Fitness for two years, every week, two times, I used to go to Gango Stadium at 6 a.m. and we used to do these exercises for one and a half hour. I realized like it was amazing to give like ex that experience because whatever stretches I do now, I remember from those days. And I remember especially like we used to have these classes on Saturday and my Saturday mornings were really amazing. I, I used to come from that session and it was, first of all, it was slow morning because I was just stretching for one hour. <laughs> Second, stretching really helps wake up, wake us up. So if I stretch, uh, I'll be more active at 8 a.m. Uh, otherwise, it would take me a bit longer. Um, I would like, so coming back to slow morning, I would uh, make coffee, drink coffee, look outside, um, do anything like wash utensils, uh, you know, wash, like clean your house, like is, is, is an example. Uh, there's always, you can always find five minutes of chore to do before you actually head start. And, but once you start your day, it's, it's so fast. If you look, if, if I realize now, it's like, ah, there's these things happen on Twitter and like this politician said this and like, and there's so many countries and all, everyone has politicians and, um, yeah. This happened in football, this happened in cricket, and oh yeah, this this new feminist issue that's going around, oh, th this company is doing evil. Oh, it's endless. Um, yeah. It's endless, and it's too fast sometimes, I feel. Um, and, and you look at how, how we have changed. Like, if you go to an Airbnb in US, you would find these three-in-one shampoo, conditioners, and soap bottles. People don't even have time to use soap and then use uh, use like uh, shampoo and then rinse it off after some time and then put on conditioner and then wait for some time. They just want to get in shower and spend like two minutes and then get out. And you have these three in one things that can help you out. Um, yeah. I just realized no, I'm maybe it's too rapid i'm like how much have we evolved in 50 years to go from like slow mornings like our our grandparents used to have and now like this like gigabytes and i don't know how many bytes of information we process every day yeah i totally agree like and especially one I, i'm gl glad i have this rule because uh if internet is on, there'll be some notification, some news, like some something on Twitter. Yeah. I'm just like, it just messes up you. <laughs> so yeah. So there's at least some period where like you're not thinking about all those stupid things. <laughs> and and we we don't have Facebook, you and I. Uh, uh, that's uh, like 
two out of hundred people we know that don't have Facebook. Oh, I feel like a lot of people don't use Facebook after they graduate. It's mostly mostly Instagram now. I a lot of my friends don't use Facebook anymore. Hmm. And not that they don't want to. It's like there's nothing interesting for them on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's that. I was t- I was talking to a person recently and I and I said like he also works at Spotify and we were talking about the growth of Spotify and how it can evolve as a product and how it's evolving in the next 5-10 years. And I realized like this there's lots of growth areas for Twitter as well. But Facebook ha- as a product has stalled. <laughs> like how, what can you do now? Like all the things are bonuses. Um, there's like Facebook has done everything and everyone has experienced the facebook experience um for spotify there's like mo- a lot more things like podcast is one and you know mixing music and podcast and just the working on music recommendation that's endless um yeah but to best to connect with people like you you would post things and um i think it's just useless tons of useless things that will be added in next 5 years I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> ah, this concept of slow mornings is like nice, and I I also realized that I've, my morning in college was extremely fast. Uh, you like you would wake up at seven thirty. I would wake up at like seven forty-five, forty-two. Just brush my teeth, like poop, and then go. Yeah, uh, not even have breakfast. Mm. So, and and this is promoted. I uh, I I would not. I mean, I have to agree that this is the cool lifestyle in college. You would you would be like rubbing your eyes and having banana in one hand and opening cycle in other and people do this every day. Um, yeah. And if you if you wake up at six, ah, oh, you gonna, you are going to get so many questions. Look at look at this guy. He wakes up at, at very he wakes up very early and he's weirdo and this happens. <laughs> this hap- this okay. used to happen with one of my friends who used to wake up every day for at six, and uh, I mean I was one of them who used to think that he was different. Um, but he's not. <laughs> he's good. He's better yeah. than you. <laughs> uh, yeah, in this regard. Yes. Yeah. You 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 said that uh, you know boring workouts. You started going to gym and it, it used to bore you out, like moving hands like this and moving legs uh. like this. And what what the hell are you good doing? Uh. <laughs> I I feel the same with running. Uh, okay. I I never got that runner's uh, high or uh, that inj- that fun of running. I always felt um, I'm go- I'm going to run and I will reach certain point and then I'll think ah how do I get back or um, is this is this am I doing it like enough is this okay if, if I ran this at this pace or at this time and I th- I think I yeah I, I would never get it maybe maybe in future um, maybe never. Maybe never, and not just running or like any cardio, like even running on a treadmill. At that's that was boring, boring to me. Uh, treadmill is I hate treadmill. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. So so 
in terms of cardio uh, i recently not recently when i when i came to sweden i i joined my company's football group and i have been a football fan for long and for the past one year i have like very high interest in it so i spend hours like playing fifa and like watching football i think every day um that's that's a lot of time but i know i'm doing it consciously <laughs> um so i started playing football and it's it's yeah. ultimately cardio um yeah. you sprint you move your body you uh, you know use your muscles to kick and it's a, it's a it's an exercise for 3 hours <laughs> a week but it's so fun um because you know there's like excitement there's that competition and you know the joy and i never realized that i i ran this much but i'm sure i, I i'm i'm running a lot in those 3 hours then i can run if if i'm just running um so making it fun is is actually very is very good way to promote like let's say exercises or yeah uh, yeah i mean is mm. uh there's a chapter in this book called meeting with remarkable people by osho yeah meeting with remarkable people right yeah ha about um tao no not tao laozu hmm or something so which is yeah. like yeah. easy is right hmm. so i think that that actually holds true for exercise hmm <laughs> easy is not ideal i don't hmm but yeah. uh and easy does not necessarily mean not doing anything or doing below your level but like uh if you are doing it right like when you are starting out things are different like it's something new and, mm, and that's always uncomfortable and you are like learning something new like there's so many things to think about mm. but after you are learned the thing the ex- or the the act of doing it should become easy Mm. And if it is not, then it's not right. Mm. Uh, Anger also talks about it in the mm. in his book mm. that easy is right after you have like crossed the learning phase. Yeah, that means like things are aligning well and you are doing it well. And mm. if you after a long period of learning and you are feeling discomfort and you are feeling uh, feeling this strong resistance from your body. Mm. then it's probably not the right thing your your body knows it like it knows what what's what's good for it hmm interesting cool yeah. cool harsh i i wanted to talk to you about open source i yeah sure um i remember <clears throat> so yeah that's like that's how we met uh, initially huh. uh, is that huh. you were doing google summer of code with with uh, simpai uh, yeah simpai such a beautiful library wasn't it like the, you could do <laughs> maths could do physics in python yeah um yeah definitely attracted uh definitely attracted a lot of folks uh, i remember mm-hmm. and yeah so yeah how do you remember those times i know gsoc is like long time ago um it it's uh, how, how do you remember gsoc and how do you remember doing open source in college Okay. 
So I'll like go three years back. Hmm. Okay. So like in in eleventh and twelfth standard, we had this computer science uh, subject hmm. with with us, and yeah. So that there, I learned basic programming and all. So at the end of twelfth standard, you had to make this project, like this final year, this project which is which would constitute like twenty or thirty marks out of hundred. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and pretty much every sub- subject had that. So, sci- physics had that, and like chemistry had that, mm-hmm. and we also had to do a project for computer science. Now, what what most people do is that like they make some library management system or uh, some or other this like ERP kind of thing, mm-hmm. and usually it's like copied somewhere, so, some somewhere from internet. Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought that it's like. Let's get, let's do something interesting mm. and new. Mm. So, uh, me and my friend we decided to make tic tac toe. Mm. Okay, mm. and it was a tic tac toe like so. Of of course, two people. So the tic tac toe where two people can play, mm. and then we decided to add a AI in like big quotes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, huge quotes rather. So. <laughs> Uh, so that like you can play with the computer. Mm. Okay. So like tic tac toe is a solved game. I mean you can code the rules so, so that the computer always wins. Mm. Uh, so we coded that rules, and the computer would always win. Mm. But that's no fun, right? <laughs> so yeah. Then we added like two other levels. So one was basic level where the computer would play just randomly, mm. and there was some, another level where the computer knows few rules. And not all the rules. Mm. So, so in certain cases it will win, and certain cases it won't. Mm. Uh, and that was very very interesting to that twelve student kid. Kid in me, seeing okay, wow, like this is cool that we are able to. I mean, I'm able to program this computer to play tic tac toe with me and win, and sometimes behave as if. It's not so smart as it is. Mm. <laughs> uh, so that was super cool. Okay, and it gave me a lot of kick, and I wanted to like just program even more at that point. Though I stopped myself and focused more on the uh, exam, like that uh, JEE qualification exam and all. Mm. Now after that, that was over. I, yeah, I wanted to code more, and though I did not know what. Mm. Okay, and I came across so there was this magazine called Digit. So mm. it used to come in the library, which uh, which I used to visit very often. Mm. And it had a supplement about like it had a regular supplement in it. So mm. one of those was about Ubuntu. Mm. Okay, and I was like when I read about it that there code which people give out for free and then you can study it and modify it and hmm. do something with it that was like oh wow <laughs> that's something interesting hmm. uh so i tried to install ubuntu which failed hmm. so my hardware was not so there was some hardware piece missing in my system because of which the display won't come up okay hmm. so i tried installing it Twice or thrice, and like it did not work. Mm. And then I like, well, what is 
open source and all and then i read a lot about it then i tried to like download firefox and its source and see if i can do anything in that and i did not could not do anything mm. like i could my system was not even powerful enough to compile the code and mm. uh the c++ you learn ha huh, one reason was that it was in c++ and we used to put out c++ in 11 12 standard mm. okay another reason why i could not compile the code was the c++ we were taught was non standard mm. it was this turbo c Right. Thing, which is not used anywhere, but I don't know for what reason they use in CPSC. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so <laughs> the code I downloaded obviously did not run, and mm. uh, I couldn't do that. But I was like, I got fascinated enough that I wanted to contribute more mm. and see what like and get into this. Mm. So. in college like we met all these club people kharakpur and exercise group people hmm. that is another interesting story how we how we got to know about them hmm. uh okay but that's for a little later okay yeah so yeah. ha so the summer before i joined the college i like read a lot about open source and all and hmm. what all this shit are hmm. and then in my first year of, of summer or uh, ha huh. i got to know about impi hmm. somehow i don't remember how okay <laughs> but uh, you were in maths department so it has it might be something related to trying out something in python i don't remember how i came across it okay uh yeah hmm. but uh so first year summer i was not even eligible for google summer code because of the age limit right so, right yeah um, i went to do some other internship in mumbai hmm. uh and then i came back and then in the third semester like the first semester of second year we had this course of transform calculus hmm. now uh simpai had a transform like have a module where you can solve laplace transform hmm. using which you can solve laplace transform so i tried you uh using simpai to solve laplace transform it hmm. worked hmm. then i tried another example and it did not and it should have been like easy to solve that in simpai it appeared that way okay mm. so i filed a bug report and then i tried to fix it i spent like lot of weeks trying to fix it and somehow i was like able to do it mm. after like lot of lot of effort and then like i started figuring out other things in simpai and what other things i can do and it was also related to my course and things which we did, uh, studied in 11 till 12 standard and all so mm. that's how i got interested and the community was super welcoming mm. so you you would ask questions and they would like spend so much time explaining you things setting up things making it easy for you to like come in and like uh, contribute mm. there mm. and yeah that was like wow uh, as a student like and that was a very good opportunity as a student because you don't usually get to work with things which so many people use and so many people have built and you the, most of the code you build is toy mm. so you build it on the course course projects or you build it for yourself and then like you build it and you forget it yeah but this library now i think it's like what 20 years old 15 or 20 years old mm. and that time in 2013 and 14 so still like Quite popular and mature, <coughs> even by then. 
so you get to see uh co- like real world code which is being used by people and like being written by expert programmers across the world that's yeah. like experience which is extremely hard to get as a student yeah uh yeah. and i love the community aspect of it the how like people are so welcoming and they want you to learn and all those things so those that fascinated me a lot yeah and that's how i got started yeah 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 i see the simple is the de facto symbolic computation library in python just yeah. like yeah just like pandas is de facto for data science or data manipulation mm. hugely popular yeah. and um like pandas is 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 one of those software which will be used if anyone is doing data science in python and i remember reading up this um this paper um where they discovered the shape of black hole or they they were able to capture the image of black hole um yeah. with some some variation some signs and of course there was there was pandas there was numpy um hmm. just felt really good that it's not something that just we use as students it's it's the industry way or it's like how yeah most people use in the world so you shipping code in simpy you shipping code in these libraries is is a huge thing and you will never get that in an internship at a startup yeah, yeah. i believe <laughs> so i also like six years before uh python was not so mainstream as it is now Mm. so i mean that time if you had to pick up a language people would pick pick php yeah uh, if they are doing web development or c because that was being taught yeah. or if they were like uh this cool new cool hipster people they would probably pick like ruby mm. <laughs> uh, and ruby was like very popular back then uh-huh. uh not not saying it's like a bad language or what yeah. uh but ruby was uh the new cool shiny thing i would mm, say mm. back yeah at that point yeah so python was not so popular and like people used to use it but it was still an unconventional choice right at that point right right but thanks to machine learning thanks to data science oh yeah just... that data science boom has like put <laughs> python in, in the mainstream <laughs> now it's like it, it now it would be a joke to do data science in c++ or ruby <laughs> yeah um i think yeah i think so hmm so that, that's how i got started with simpy hmm and open source yeah and you were you were involved in um lots of like volunteering stuff around, in and around college i remember uh you were you were kind of interested in in seeing the college community improve in terms of how we learn things so uh-huh. you you knew open source helped students learn like a, a lot in in software and uh it's it's a good way to learn software and you should yeah. like try it out in college and you used to have like seminars uh so that people learn it um and that's like mm. exactly when i came in i came in when you were thinking about these things and you were around people who were thinking about these things 
so i saw that um i saw the point i loved the point <laughs> i realized <laughs> oh no shit this is this is no joke um i better start right now rather than wait until i get into my final years and then start because yeah because many reasons uh, the one reason was that i did not get computer science uh, as as a department in in the college okay so there was this pent up um like illusion or or this this thing that i i don't deserve being a computer science student whatever that means oh. um but okay. <laughs> you know this this system that tells you you don't deserve that because you didn't score higher and and all all my other friends were there and i didn't want to miss out at all um hmm. and i didn't want to be defined by what department i have because that's not something i had like total freedom to choose <laughs> yeah so i should not get into that illusion and i should do what i what i really want to do and what should be done in software and what's what, um what's the mainstream thing so hmm. i started like connecting these people people and and i realized that a lot of lot of first year see they see it that way if they're not in cs they don't they shouldn't be learning software or they don't can't they're not smart enough to learn software and and this kind of like um brought a low in me that this is a failure in the system rather than like what the actual reality is <laughs> yeah so i remember forming this like group with with help of few other seniors and most of them were non cs folks and we realized oh how much we hated this this thing that like the cs department folks would deserve to study software and not everyone else are not smart enough okay. <laughs> this was the common thing <laughs> common theme oh, i never thought that way yeah <laughs> yeah i think this was this was my feeling in my first year and i think that has that has changed um uh, now huh. um now there's no such thing like people people see that data science and software development are not computer science things computer science is a yeah. different beast yeah hmm and that was a great attitude to have that this is not a problem with me but the problem with system because <laughs> i see that in so many other folks especially like i mean you were still in an iit like there are a lot of people mm. uh so there is a system which pushes them in, into this rat race and they have to go so, get into the best colleges and sometimes people like lot of times people cannot uh they don't get get into iits or nits or bits okay mm. <laughs> and then they like develop this complex that they are not good enough or they cannot right. like do good in life or they cannot code well or what not and that stays with them for so long right that's like just sad yeah uh and being in helpship like and at nilanso as well like you, i learned that this is bullshit like that mm-hmm. uh, that idealism yeah. is of course i love kgp yeah uh that's something else but like there are so many other people who are doing so well yeah and they're like it's lot about your attitude and how you uh how you approach things yeah the college helps obviously yeah. but like it's not the end of it <laughs> totally totally agree yeah yes. yeah yes i i think like it's just like a small 
thing like a frog in a in a well kind of th- mentality that uh, everyone around me is smart and everyone who didn't qualify iit are not smart but once yeah. we get into job once we get into the real thing we realize no <laughs> not so different <laughs> everyone it's it's much more than that <laughs> yeah it's much more than that yeah the, yeah so these like little little bits about community like how we are hmm. we are all equal uh, i remember even when i was in my first year um i did gsoc with this organization uh, network x and they hmm. they did graph theory in python and they also started around 1999 very old library 20 years old um yeah. quite quite popular like millions of downloads back then per day um and i tried to contribute to it and it was maintained like the 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 first the founder was um a deputy director in los alamos national national laboratory uh, it's the same as how the simpai um, maintainer is, yeah. is there as well andre andre yeah yeah andre sertik <laughs> yes uh so yeah um he he was the deputy director there and it was a big deal he was he was quite old like 60 65 year old um he was like chair of all these conferences and he was he, what our professors would call like an academically successful guy hmm. and he used to talk to me and i was 17 back then and he used to talk like what are your needs do you meet, need a mentor like uh how much hours would you need and it felt like we are all in this together and it's uh there's a lot of equality out there in open source development um there's like less hierarchy more the actual work that's going on this is like one of the things that's very very addictive for me is i want to be there i want to escape the hierarchy a lot um mm-hmm. even right now when i'm working um here like my project is open source yeah and 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 the governance model is is the open open governance uh whatever okay. maintainers are there and i see how different it is back when i used to work in a company where the there was like a product manager and engineering manager and like the whole hierarchy uh and i realized i didn't have that much freedom back then that i have now and how we value so much like how, what an external contributor says in this community like it's valued so uh, a lot if someone creates an issue that this thing needs to be fixed it will be included mm-hmm. in next sprint it will be prioritized a lot because wow it's it's an open model and this and this is the, one of the reasons why it will like this project will succeed because it has this open governance model otherwise better stay private <laughs> just distribute your software if you're not doing it the right way um hmm. yeah and I've, i've been like looking into how all these other communities work at large scale um projects like kubernetes um nodejs and i never i, I never got <laughs> i to be honest like in college i never really understood like how these large open source projects work like linux for example yeah. they were always like fascinating but i i knew that it had, they had to work differently than these small open source projects like with 50 hmm. or 100 people um yeah. yeah they have they have around tens of thousands of contributors and they manage everything well 
um, like it comes down to like scalability of community. Um, as a good software engineer, you have to know how to scale your software from one to thousand. But as a good <laughs> open source maintainer, you also have to like think about this scalability. Where should we split the repository? Where should we? How should we manage incoming tasks? And uh, how rigid should we be uh, around new features? And if if we want to be like really rigid, it will take a lot of time. So that will slow down the development. But so yeah, um, th these are the things that's like on top of my mind these days. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm think I'm I'm like quite enjoying th this life. Uh, um, I've not been thinking a lot about open source lately. Mm. Though, yeah, I there are like a lot of different ways to go about it from what I've seen. Mm. As you said, Linux, it's like. Linus is a king. Like he does not. I mean, he he does what he does, and yeah. that um, if you raise an issue and like he does not want to get it in, he won't. Yeah. Uh, so that I mean, that's I think that dictator versus bureaucrat, a democracy debate. So mm. similar to that. So if you have. A dictator, like he, that person might actually be more efficient than a democracy. Yeah. Though the trouble is, if you get a bad leader, then you are doomed. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so there are like open source projects which have done really well, mm. and they they don't, but they have a benevolent dictator, mm. which like which For runs life. the project. Like Python. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the advantage. And some like other projects run by committee, yeah. so they have a committee and they have some rules and they decide what to get in and like like they listen to everyone and then um mm, like make sure everyone is like happy. Mm. And the other way to go about it is that you have a very specific. There's a very specific way you want to run things. Yeah. And you do it that way. Yeah. You keep things open so that other can like uh, see things and pitch in, hmm. but you don't have to listen to them, and you don't when they don't like align with the thing you want to build yeah. and the way you want to build. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that other way, if you are doing it well, yeah. the other other way, then yeah. like your software is more. Uh, it's 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 a like very unified and it's like a rock which goes together hmm. right everything fits well and then uh, for example closure is like that so closure is open source hmm. but it's not uh, it's not super i mean you don't f find people who contribute to closure often and there are like not thousands of contributors or things like that hmm. uh, this rich hickey had a certain idea how we want to build how he wanted to build the language hmm. and with help of few other people he did it uh, uh, but if you like Go ahead and say, "Yeah, I want to add this particular feature in that." Mm. Uh, you can raise a ticket, of course, but will it be like? Will that thing get into closure? It's pretty unlikely. Yeah. Because they have a very um, specific. But there's a certain quality they want to maintain the language. They don't want to grow it too much or grow yeah. it, like. Uh, Get in too many qualities in that which don't fit well together. Yeah. Too many features. So, 
makes a lot of uh, sense yeah makes a lot of sense yeah so there are like different ways to go about things yeah so yeah and both i mean if you do it well both works but you have to know ki what are you doing and like <laughs> why yeah absolutely uh yeah i see um uh you 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 raise a f- fair point i remember few few communities uh, i guess this is the last thing that i will say about open source but um mm-hmm. i remember few communities so it was one um very popular headless browser um, okay and i remember the <clears throat> maintainer quit like he just thought i should i am not able to maintain this software anymore and he just archived the project wrote a big issue that i'm archiving this please fork it now and that was yeah. like a big dis- uh, like big hindrance i would say big, big disruption in the community i think it's yeah. it's a popular one uh headless javascript browser and then once that happened like people shifted to other project which was famous also it was called puppeteer yeah. and then people uh-huh. started using puppeteer so that's one second is um kenneth writes uh this python guy who created request, request library yes yeah. yeah yes and he also had had this um thing where he would like maintain on his own and he would want that uh, ability to dictate and like he would keep request in his personal profile for long for github profile for long even when he stopped coding like for for years uh he had no uh-huh. commit merged but it was still on his personal uh, repository but since like he took up on so many projects uh he uh-huh. had to finally like move them to either actual python org or create a new organization where he would do things it it didn't work okay. out well uh for him um and then finally exactly i don't know don't know the enough, enough context so he like he worked yeah he had a full time job he worked at hiraku yeah. before and then he moved to distillation he wasn't just finding time and he had at least like i think 5 or 10 of projects who were very popular um yeah. get, would get lots of feature requests would get like lots of bug reports and he wasn't just able to maintain them um, um so he had to move them to some kind of organizations um because he he just hadn't time or vision to work on okay. them okay so, so the same happened with python as well like guido stepped off a year ago or maybe two years ago i think a year ago um okay as the bbfl benevolent dictator for life and then he uh-huh. formed this like steering committee of 15 people and uh yeah. now those those people um make like they make decisions so hmm. like when i see these events like linux is still working i i think so uh because yeah. linus towels is like a full time employee paid by linux foundation um yes. and he he works well so that's working great i think uh for a software yeah. which which will take us to moon or like which will take us to mars <laughs> so yeah. i i think that should continue <laughs> i i think that should continue Uh, but when i see in these stories and i and i think about like sustainability uh i think it's it's quite crucial when they are backed up by more than one people and backed up financially yeah. by like a team who are paid full time to work on it 
yeah yeah that's that's definitely true like usually it's like one person like who is spending their own time and then they whatever whatever happens to them and the project dies and it's it's such a waste mm. so yeah yeah i mean if you if you have a committee that's more uh and if you have a like if it, what the bus factor that's what yeah. the word is right yeah if the bus factor is like higher than it's safer and like you can think that it will last for long yeah like le- linux is amazing and i don't know how the project will change if apple <laughs> linux steps off <laughs> it has been 30 years since i've been doing this so, <laughs> yeah yeah like wow, amazing <laughs> and really? you i mean you don't know how things will proceed in like next 30 20 years 30 years when like i mean software is so new generally mm. that yeah and one less than a lifetime things have evolved so much <laughs> and yeah. we of course expect that things will go on for like 100 200 i don't know how long mm. so, <laughs> and something as basic as you want to keep this infrastructure up you want to keep this like smooth and maintainable and yeah. uh it needs to keep evolving yeah so it cannot obviously do the depend on one person mm. yeah uh, i don't know how what's the best way to go about these things sustainability so what some people are doing so in closure there is this thing called closure is together mm. so you can check it out so they are like uh so certain companies who which i'm uh which who use closure regularly mm. so they contribute to that fund and that fund is allocated to certain mem- mem- like uh certain open source contributors or popular closure libraries so they that maintainers can apply as per the fund mm. and then they are given that fund for specific period mm. to do specific jobs on that so that's one way to go about it then there are, yeah uh Linux Foundation has done really well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so they have been, what for? Ah, financially sustainable for really long. Mm. And I don't think no one thinks that like Linux will die because the funding dries out. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. much of the world runs on Linux. Yeah. But ah, uh, it's hard when like. So there are so many other smaller things, smaller libraries. code which are used and hard to point pinpoint value at them and like justify why they need to be paid mm-hmm. or bring them up and show their like importance in the whole build a uh, whole setup mm-hmm. so, yeah that's certainly something we should all work on yeah yeah cool i guess we are at the end now Okay. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Harsh, uh, looking forward to having you again. Um, when Definitely. when 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 Linus Torvalds is stepping off, I guess we'll have to catch up. <laughs> 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 or 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 maybe earlier than that. <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 fun to talk to you all the time. Yeah, same here. Cool. I like love the conversations we I have with you. Yeah. Cool. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye.